Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. Well, today I want to talk about walking in the Spirit. Surprise, surprise. It's something we're on. It's something that is, that is Christianity, right? And um, it's something of this mystical, supernatural walk that's also very practical that we're all called to walk in. And there's a measure of freedom in this connection that God has established in us thousands of years ago um, that He's called us to walk in such a way that the world sees Him and comes to Him, you know. And I'll start off, I think, Isaiah 11 is this beautiful prophecy. It was about Jesus coming, but it was also about what He would do and what He would accomplish that would, that would take everything that happened in Eden, where darkness actually came in through that, the fruit of that tree being consumed by mankind, the knowledge of good and evil that opened all of darkness and sin consciousness into the world, that perpetuated the lie of separation that wasn't real, like it says in Colossians 1.21, like we were once alienated and enemies of God in our minds, but it made it seem so real and prevented man from walking in the Spirit and, and walking in his calling and purpose with God to be fruitful and multiply and to release heaven on the earth. And so this prophecy, it's, it's like so many in the Old Testament, it's obscure, but I think when we look at it, we'll see the reality of the head, the, the, the leader, God himself, and how, how this, in, this agenda of the demonic was, would be thrown upon its head. And that heaven would once again come into the earth. And it starts off in Isaiah 11. Uh, maybe we'll just, I'll read through the whole thing. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch that shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. One, the spirit of God. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. There's two and three. The spirit of counsel and might. It's four and five. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and his delight is in the fear of the Lord. The six and seven. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he'll judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with his, the breath of his lips he'll slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waif. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, the fatling together. A little kid will lead them around. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Such a beautiful picture. This is just like, earth is not going to be what it's like now. Everything will change. And we, you know, we read these things and we kind of cringe. Anybody that dislikes snakes, 
half as much as me is like, yee, you know what I mean? <laughs> the kid's going to put his hand in a viper's nest, like, no, that's, that's so slimy. But the, the reality of the thing is this, like, there won't be danger, you know what I mean? Like, the fall, every bit of darkness that came in through that transgression of Eden that's turned all of creation, like it says in Romans 8, all of creation is waiting and longing and groaning with eager expectations for the sons of God, plural sons, the the wheels, the mature men and women who step into the reality of what God's paid for that will unlock not only people, but the entire world by the power of what this one stem of Jesse has done. And that's what it's talking about. And see, it's obscure, and they've read this so many times, and to them, you know, it's just another one of those crazy prophets, probably had dreadlocks and wore, wore, wore uh, fur clothes and, and, and did weird things like some of these guys did, you know what I mean? Um, and who knows what the things they're talking about, but he's literally talking about, you, you know, your, your kids can, can lead around an ox or a, or a wolf or whatever type of animal. It's like, there's, there's not going to be like, oh, oh like don't, don't pet that thing too hard, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, mom's a wiener dog or whatever. It's just like, there's all this darkness that's on the earth. It's like, it will be erased. But it's going to happen by this one who's going to strike the earth with his mouth. You know? And imagine the picture of their mind, like, what is this going to look like? The reversal of the fall happening through this one. You know? A man out of David's lineage, they could put that together. He will emerge with the fullness of God's Spirit. These seven that it's talking about. See, you have prophecies like Zechariah 3.9, Joshua, the stone that was set before him with the seven eyeballs on it. You know, another strange prophet and what he was talking, you know. Um, Revelation 1.4, stuff we have in the New Testament, you know. The seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirit of God. I know the New King James will kind of, will try to make that a little bit more kosher so it doesn't freak people out, you know. Revelation 3.1, Revelation 4.5, like Jesus himself, the I am, the embodiment of Yahweh said, I'm the one with the seven spirits of God. You know what I mean? It's just like, we know this is the Holy Spirit, this, the spirit of the Lord, the person of the angel of the Lord, the wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, the fullness of everything God's spirit was. This seven was going to be upon this stem or root out of Jesse's lineage. And that's about probably as far as we could get with it, you know, before we actually saw the second side of the book. But he would have this delight that is in the fear of the Lord, which is my favorite topic, but it sounds like it's his favorite thing too. The fear of the Lord. It's the consciousness of God. It's not being afraid of God. Do you think the Son of God walked around afraid of the Father God on the earth? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. And his delight's in the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? The fear of the Lord is God consciousness. God awareness, you know. It is, it is the Proverbs 3, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he directs your path. Like, in other words, he's always there in all of your ways, great or small, like there's always relational connection. These promises, these prophetic utterances were about this connection that, that separation was a lie. Yeah. And he's going to come and actually show that it was a lie. That's good. It came in through the, through the root from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where man was able to walk and talk with God, they, they became afraid of God. They saw Him in a different way because they wanted the power that so many people want, which is religion, to judge. Because that's what the knowledge of good and evil is. is I want to be able to judge for my own self what's good and what's evil. And so I want this list of rules and regulations. And the result of it, as we know it, it resulted in the hardness of heart. 
You know, it was poison. It was a trick. It was a trap. But here you got Jesus saying, like, one, his delights in the fear of the Lord. He's always with God. This is God. Yahweh embodied. Possessed with the fullness of God. Like Philippians 2, he, like, lays his, his God, you know, he transforms, morphs into a man. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't see equality with God as something that can be grasped. In other words, it's not something I can work for. He didn't fall for the trick that Adam and Eve fell for. It's like, do this, eat this fruit, and then you'll be like God. Wrong. I'm the one created in the image of God. Serpent, like, I don't, I don't know whose image you're created in or what you've got going on, but this is who I truly am. The trap to work for something that we already have, works, is going to be a word that we'll probably use a lot today. You know, because it is the opposite of walking in the Spirit. But he didn't walk by those works or by that knowledge. His delight, one, was in the fear of the Lord. Two, in the same verse, that's probably one of the most important verses in the entire planet right now. It's probably the whole Bible is, to be honest. But this is for me for today, for, yeah, the Hoffman. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he won't judge by the seeing of his eyes or the hearing of his ears. In other words, the knowledge of good and evil, it's not in him. What he's inherited in this human traits, visual and audio, that's not how he lives his life. And that's not how he judged. He doesn't judge by the seeing of his eyes, the hearing of his ears. His judgment will not be influenced by the fallen human perspective. He's going to live in a different way yeah. and unlock us all. And sure yeah. enough, he did. That's good. You know, that's good. John 3 is like, I didn't come to judge or condemn the world. I actually came to save the world. This is the condemnation, John 3. Yeah. That the light manifests and they love their darkness more. In other words, I still don't reject them. I still don't judge them. You know what I mean? They can judge themselves if they deem their darkness more valuable. They have the choice to, to step into darkness. Yeah. It's free will. It always was ever since the garden. You know what I mean? It's like he, he doesn't have the poison of judgment in him at all. Into the very last thing, it's just like he's strung up there and it's like, forgive them, they don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I refuse to hold this against any of them as if they're in their right mind. They've been poisoned by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they don't even know what they're doing. And so the tree of life is manifest. And not only that, he, he rips, he tears heaven open into the earth. Now, I'm not letting my kids play with snakes. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not playing with one. Um, so does that mean we're not there yet? It does. But what's the missing ingredient? You know? Yeah, the whales. The, the mature sons and daughters of God. The ones who walk this way, like uh, Stephen Tyler says. Walk this way. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's the firstborn of many brethren. He's the fullness of deity embodied, but he's also the firstborn of many brethren. How does this work? What a mind bender, man. You know what I mean? But he lives and he walks in a way that we can see him. We're unlocked by who he is. Right? Second Corinthians 3. We see him as he is. It transforms us into the same image from glory to glory because we're in that image. That's right. So we're eagles walking around like, like turkeys, pecking the ground for corn or whatever those things, eat worms or whatever. And then we're in the image of the eagle and the eagle comes down and he starts flying around, snatching up fish, you know what I'm saying? You know, doing all that. And we're like, what is that? It looks like me, but it doesn't live like me. Because you've, 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 been, you've accepted something that was never your identity. 
And then the world all around the world today, people are saying, you are this sinner. You always will be. You're just a sinner saved by grace, brother. And they're enforcing that identity. It's a doctrine of demons, and it keeps everybody pecking the ground for corn for their whole life, fat like a turkey, never flying, never fishing, because identity was always the game. And we're created in his, Im in his image. You know what I mean? And he comes and he demonstrates what it's like to be us. Yeah. And he tells us how to pray. Father, Father, what are you talking about? That's right. The best news you've ever heard. Dad, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're like me. And your business is the family business. It's not pecking the ground for these worms and these, and these little corn chippers. You know, whatever they eat, I don't know. You know what I mean? Bugs and snails, right, Dory? I don't know what them chickens eat at your house. Snails and stuff, yeah. You know, it's not this. It's them pterodactyl eagles flying through the, catching them fit. You know, it's a different game. It's a, it's a, it, the identity is, is, is a different, it's a whole different deal. You know, but sin consciousness is what poisoned the world. The law of good and evil. You know, I read something. It was, I believe, I did the math, I think it was 13 or 14 years ago. I was speaking at a church and then I remember reading this this. This, this week about what sin consciousness was when we talk about it. It's, it's living life by the knowledge of good and evil and trying not to do the bad side. But on the flip side of that coin, when we're working trying not to do that which is bad, we're also working to gain our approval because we don't realize the approval that's there in the cross and by what the, Jesus has done. You know? And I was reading Hebrews 10, which I really like this, because we had to study the tabernacle for several years, or I did, and, and, um, and it was just like, it's talking to the Hebrews and the Jews that understood the tabernacle, they understood the temple, they understood all the sacrificial system that they used and went through year by year, it was their history. But he was talking about how the law in, in, in Hebrews 10 had a shadow of the good things that were to, the com that were to come and not, and not the very image of the things. And they could never with the same sacrifices which they offered continually year by year make those who approached perfect. And it says in verse Hebrews 10 too, for then would they not have ceased to be offered the, the yearly sacrifices? For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. And I remember reading Hebrews 10 too, and that hit me for the first time. I think I was 28 years old. I was like, what? Like, like you're trying to say to me, hey, if those, if those sacrifices really worked fully the way Jesus's do, the people that were purified wouldn't have consciousness of sin any longer. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, no, that's dangerous now. That's dangerous now. Which the Apostle Paul in the whole New Testament is very dangerous now. It's very dangerous now. You know what I'm saying? He says, Right? Galatians 5. Like, don't, don't use walking in the Spirit as a license to walk in the flesh. However, don't go into the same yoke of bondage of that religious work and of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a place of sin consciousness that you're not supposed to have. And it goes on in Hebrews, not, Hebrews 10, and it says things about, you know, I'll say Hebrews 10, verse 12 to 14. But this man, capital M, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, not a yearly one, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting until his enemies were made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Come on. Amen. And that sounds like something mystical, some, you know, some meditation, religion, or something like that. It's like, well, which one is it? Has, has he perfected them, or are they being sanctified? And yes, the answer is true. But on his end, he has perfected forever. 
He's finished this thing. It is finished. When he said that, he meant this. Now we are being we are walking this out is the renewal of the mind. We're catching up to this reality, but this is our real truth. It goes on and, and, and says, says, talks about the remission of sins. And in verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, the holiest, the place that only the highest high priest could go once a year, by a new living way, he consecrated through us. That is the veil. That is his flesh. Let us draw near with a heart of full assurance. That's Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a heart of full assurance and faith. And saying, hey, look, man, that, that place that you think is better only one special person once a year can go into, you have the right to storm that place now and be bold about it. And he says, with a heart of full assurance. Anthony opened up with that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like this mentality is like, oh, I don't know if I can come before the Lord. This sin conscious. I don't know if I've been righteous enough. I don't, I don't know why. Jump through enough hoops. It's like, look, man, like we're called to have full confidence. Not in ourselves, but in what Jesus has done. And this sin consciousness of of, of of Hebrews 10 too, of just like, hey, like, you're not actually supposed to think that way anymore. Which can be controversial, but it's only controversial to those who have been poisoned by the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that have set up a barrier around that tree to guard it. You know what I mean? To make it their house and ministry and mega ministry and whatever else because it keeps people dependent on them. We must convince them that they are this sinners and that they have got they're always going to be this just saved by grace and it's like that's your excuse for never transforming because this thing isn't real you know what i mean and we can tax them and tell them they're robbing god if they don't pay a certain percentage we can do all these different things to keep our machine running but what it does is just building the babel tower around this tree of knowledge of good and evil working its way up trying to get in the spirit and it never will it always results in confusion and divisions you know Jesus comes and he doesn't play that game at all, dude. He doesn't, he doesn't even, he spends no time with it. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. It is, it is not about being separate. His delight is in the reality that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah, but what if I've been really rotten that day? I didn't ask you about your rule book. I'm talking about I will never leave you or forsaken you, but you don't know what I've done, but, but you don't know what I've said. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Like that is the fear of the Lord. That, that Psalm 34, like the fear of the Lord is this, is, of the Lord is this, is this consciousness, this reality. The angel of the Lord encamps around who fears him. That means like God moves into your sphere and lives there. And that is the fear of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? The fruit of the fear of the Lord is wealth and riches and honor. All these things that are in the, in the Proverbs and Psalms, it's just like, yee, it's like it's something so overlooked but we, we've, we've dumbed it down to being afraid of God because we don't want to cross the wrong boundary because then he might throw us into hell if he's in a bad mood or we haven't earned it. You know what I mean? And then we look at things and we look at... When you, when you understand the tree of life and how it's, how it's prophesied and how he manifested through the entire Bible, then it starts to cause you to read the Bible by the Spirit. And, and you understand... These books, even like we were talking about this recently, like Galatians 5, like you don't have a, a list of rules and regulations of what is good and what is evil. And we can take, well, you know what, we know what's good, you know, love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, all these different, you know, these, these nine fruit of the Spirit that's listed there in Galatians, like, well, that's, that's the good, right? 
And then the bad stuff is, you know, drunkenness, well, sure, envies, murders, well, yeah, maliciousness, rages, um, what else is in there? Pharmacalia, which is, which is actual drug use and all these different things. And we can take the Bible and make it, we can take it through the poison of that fall and we can make it into the knowledge of good and evil. And it was never meant to be that way. Yeah. His life, empowerment, and freedom. And the Apostle Paul's writing these things and he's not saying, this is the law. He's saying, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know? Galatians 5.16. It's like walk in the relational connection, the fear of the Lord, and refusing to judge by the seeing of your eyes and your hearing ears. Become so relationally connected to Him. Not by anything you've done, but by everything that He's done, and walk this empowered life of the family business. You won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I told you, like, I have people come to me that, well, I'm having this sin going on. I'm having this. That. It's like, you know, we can do the counsel thing and we can get into the roots of what's being uh, medicated or whatever, whatever's going on. But in reality, the answer is always, well, walk in the spirit. It's like, what is the Lord telling you? Find it, know him and follow through. And that stuff will find its way out. If you're new, it's controversial. If you've been here a while, you have scriptural understanding. Like it's not. We see the way Jesus did this. We put the cart before the horse sometimes. Jesus shows up to the guy right that paralytic guy at bethesda john 5 and he tells him get up take up your bed and walk he gives him instructions yeah. he doesn't say you're there because you did this and this <laughs> now if you want to come out of agreement with those things follow me <laughs> young man understand what the good is understand what the evil is make your choice to do the good one i sound like borat right now i don't know why i'm sounding like that. <laughs> follow me do it like this you know, but that's how stupid it is. You know what I mean? He doesn't do that. He says, get up, take your bed, walk. Gives him instructions, communicates to him. Then what? Guy doesn't even know it's Jesus till later on that night he sees him in the synagogue, later on that day. Jesus walks up to him and, hey, buddy, you're walking. It's like, yeah, thanks, man. And, and, and what does he tell him? He's like, hey, don't go back to what got you in that place. You know what I mean? It's different. We think, he is like, it's like, just listen to my voice and believe it enough to follow through on it. You know? It will be life to your, it'll be life to you. And it will empower you to walk away from the things that got you into that. It's a different game. It's the only play we have. It is the walk of the spirit. It's the real thing. The lie of sin consciousness, sin consciousness perpetuates the lie of separation you know because we're trying to earn something that we already have you know that's the, i mean that's the first they eat and and boom they separate themselves because they're ashamed and they they sew up fig leaves and do all the stuff in the garden you know what i'm saying it's like it brought in this mentality of separation and sin consciousness is actually what leads into sin the very thing that we've used as a crush to stay away from things actually leads us into that stuff, dude. It was a trap. And he knew it. They're smart. The Nakash, the serpent, the Satan, the devil, the, the principality of the powers, they understand these things. They're not dumb ogres that are sitting on clouds. You know what I mean? Like Jack and the Beanstalk, some, some big oak. You know what I mean? It's like there's intelligence there, but there's such a higher level intelligence that is the mind of the spirit, the mind of Christ that we're called to have and walk in. And it's freedom. And it's so offensive to those who live by the knowledge of good and evil. 
And I get it. As a pastor, I get it. There's a fair man. If you, if you say, hey, you know, sin's not defined in the New Testament, people are just going to use it a license to sin. Well, like, I understand that, that, that tendency, but, but since that's God's tendency and that's how the Bible's written and that's how Galatians 5 is actually laid out, it's like, hey, listen, choose to walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill those things. The, the fruit of the Spirit is, is the peace of God, but he says the works of the flesh are evident. And he goes into those. He doesn't even call... He doesn't even call selfish ambitions and, and jealousies and sorcery, witchcraft, sorcery, pharmacology, you know, this drug use, drug abuse, um, outbursts of anger, murders. didn't even call those sins. He calls them works of the flesh. That's, well, well they're sins though, brother. Well, yeah, man, listen, murdering's definitely going to be a sin, but we're not here to define what good and evil is. We're here to walk in the spirit and you won't actually... It's like, instead of being sin-conscious, what you're trying not to do is walk in what you're called to do. Let the, the Ezekiel 36, the heart of flesh, be within us all. You know what I'm saying? And walk in Him. And when something violates love, we know it. Do, you need, do we need a rule book that tells us when we say something that hurts somebody? You know what I'm saying? Or when we steal from somebody that that was bad to do. We took something because we coveted it and we wanted it, you know? Maybe somebody's spouse. You know, what, do, do we need those rules and regulations? Is our heart so deficient? Well, it was the hardness of the heart, but is it now? No. Not in this covenant. Yeah, man. It's a different game. These are the works of the flesh. All of these, all of the perversion, all of the drug use, all of the drunkenness, all of it is, is works to grasp the fruit of the Spirit. And when the Apostle Paul literally says that, like, against... Against the fruit of spirit, there is no law, but those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not talking about going to heaven when you die. He's talking about you're not in your alignment, your inheritance to be the sons and daughters of the earth, all of creation is groaning for. You're not bearing fruit. You're not being fruitful and multiply. And the righteous peace and joy that is heaven and the fruit of his spirit is not going to be in you. Because they are works. They are works. We think of works as just our religious works to... Say many, this many prayers, then I'm accepted by God, then I can pray on my list, or you know, then I can come to church and not feel rotten or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's not just religious works. It's, it's the works of the flesh as well. They are also grasped. What, just take, pick one of them, anything. The works of the flesh is, is grabbing things to fill a hole that we're not facing because we feel alone. And that's why it's so important to look at that. Isaiah 11:3. the fear of the Lord, his delights in the fear of the Lord, boom, that you're never alone. And then two is like you never judge by the tree of the fruit, the fruit of the tree of knowledge. It's like these two things go hand in hand because the fruit of the tree of knowledge, it, the sin consciousness of it, perpetuated separation. And so the vicious cycle is that people feel alone because they don't feel that they're connected to God. They feel they're separated from him. So something comes into the life that they don't feel they can deal with. Maybe it's a pain. Maybe it's a fear. That's a big one. A lot of times fear, man. And a lot of times it's rooted in pain. But in order to have peace to move past it, we have to go into the works of the flesh because we're living by works. So the works of the flesh, like I need to drink about four beers before I can deal with this and sit down and sleep tonight. You know, or I need to pop a Xanax or I need to, you know, whatever it is. It, we're living in America. So food is probably the number one comfort. It's the number one poison that fills our hospitals. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is, man. I know this is the way the whole thing goes. How many medical professionals do we have in this church? We have a lot. And I ask them all the time, like, hey, I've asked them several times, like, do you think how full of the hospitals are for, from things that people do to themselves versus, like, crazy sicknesses or injuries or car accidents? And they're like, oh, it's the vast majority of people in the hospital. 
80%, 90%, minus pregnancies or whatever. But you kind of did that too, you know what I mean? You, you decided to have a child, you know? So, I mean, it is, usually it's a choice, you know, you know. Unless you didn't plan. I mean, we planned on both ours, you know, so. But unless you didn't plan, sometimes it's a surprise. But you know what I'm saying? But, like, the vast majority, it's like people have been coping in their flesh to find gratification, comfort, or peace for so long in the only way they know how. I mean, America is so, we, uh, Texas, chemicals, man. We wake up, to wake up, we take stuff. To go to sleep, we take stuff. And then to be happy through the day, we take stuff or eat stuff, you know, or drink stuff. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like the stuff, you know, we don't even, okay. You know, it's, you know what I'm saying? This is like, but, but he's like, there's a walk in the spirit that is not rooted in this separation mentality that we're actually with God. And when things do come up, we don't run away from it. We put our face right to it. You know what I mean? And that's what fear is. There's no coping in this life. But people that cope, a lot of times, it's because when, when we cope, it's because we don't realize that we are with him and he's with us and he's good. You dig? And it's like, it is the fear of the Lord. And so we work to gain peace in the moment. It is the works of the flesh. Look at any of them. Any of the works of the flesh, whether it's the perversion, you know, it's the love, it's the rejection, it's the, the, the unity that we desire in our heart. All that stuff, when it's not met in the Lord and in his way, we try to grasp, people try to grasp for it in some other way. You know, that's what the works of the flesh are. That's what all, their works to gratify, but it's like, hey, you'll never receive the kingdom of heaven like that. The kingdom of God, your true inheritance, which is righteousness, which is peace, which is joy, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the love of God. Yeah. Which is this full and total acceptance that's found in Him. You won't need the perversion. You won't need these different things. The joy. It's like you won't need to drink to be, to be happy. You won't need to, to feel freedom and to be able to dance. You won't need to take the pills or take the whatever. You know what I'm saying? The peace. You won't need to smoke that ganja, that reef or whatever. You know, you won't need to do these things in order to gain the peace. You will have it in your right inheritance. And it's like, listen, it's found in the fear of the Lord, the reality that he's with you and will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, it shatters it, it crushes it. But it's such a, it's, it's such a vicious cycle because that lie of separation leads people into works, either working to be accepted by God or working to cope and numb with the things that they're dealing with. And then... In order to be accepted, then the works don't ever truly work, and then we feel alone, or we feel ashamed that we went, that we went that route. So then we feel separated even more. You know, we feel more alone. Try to manage in the best way we can the works through the works of the flesh. Feel shame and and feel all these different things, and then we feel disqualified. Things that God never put on us, and it's this vicious cycle. But when we do something good, then we're like, "All right, I'm good. I'm accepted by God." And Jesus is like, "Hey, like I want you to kick the door in." of the king's chamber, you know, Hebrews 10, and come boldly with full assurance, not because of anything you've done, because who you are Amen. to me. Amen. And what I've done to fully release you of who you thought you are. Yeah, that's good. There's called to be a confidence in us. The, the reason I believe even true, it's like the whole... <laughs> All right, I thought a lightning bolt hit next to me, and I was like, yes, confirm your word, Lord. No. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's like this, the opposite of this sin consciousness, which is feeling disqualified, feeling separation, working to gain exceptions, is the God consciousness, which 
God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. It's not conditional. It's not about our works. But the works of faith and life and light and truth are birthed out of it. Not because you're conjured up. I've never seen an orange tree just trying to squeeze out an orange before. And I had them in my yard as a kid, you know. I've never seen an apple tree trying to force out an orange. You know, it's kind of funny to think about it. Like, yeah, I want this one to be orange, man. I know oranges are better than apples, but you just can't do it if you're an apple tree. You know, I know they're 10 times better. It's just my opinion. I just say things. But, and, and the reality is, it's like the fruit that we bear is, is evidence of what we're believing. You know what I mean? It's just like, if we want to think about theology and debate, you know, we can, we can do that. And we, you know, it's, you know, people do it all the time. But it's like, it's like, how's that working out? It's like, how's it working out? What does the fruit look like? Because that's what the world looks for. You know what I mean? Make, go and make disciples means go and live this life of wholeness in such a profound way that the world sees it and wants it. They're like, hey, we've been pecking on this corn on the ground. What are you doing up there catching that fish swoop down like that? How did you do that? And you're like, yeah, this is what we do. We're, we're not limited. Yes, we are. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but I heard when we die, we become eagles. But right now, we just look like them when we peck the ground. Like, no, 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 no. Right now, you know. The church of Jesus Christ, the church that he came that said is mine, you know, on this rock. Blessed are you, Matthew 16. Blessed are you, Peter. Like, flesh and blood didn't reveal you this to you, but your Father in heaven. It's like, boom, that's the fear of the Lord. You got this. From relational connection. You recognize me by relational connection. You're a Peter, but I say on this rock, this connection, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's something that is not supposed to blend into the world. It is something so empowered and it's and it's rooted in this walk of the Spirit. It's rooted in this life where the people of this group actually destroy the gateways of hell. Like what we said in Isaiah 11, like, it's like, man, the, the kids are leading wolves around, and, you know, lion are laying down with lamb, and it's just like, it's like, yeah, man, like, everything is going to be flipped on its head, and we are the ushers of this reality. He's placed us this way. It was always that way in the Garden of Eden, you know what I mean? Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Take Eden and expand, expand in your heavenly position of the counsel of God on the earth, expand Eden over the entire earth. Because yeah. I want the rest of earth to look like it. Yeah. That's what it is, man. The whole earth wasn't Eden, just Eden was. Eden was Eden, you know what I mean? But our call was to stretch the whole thing, and it's back. The call is back. Amen. But now we've seen him. Now we know. And he comes and he demonstrates this reality. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, not being afraid. There's so many people that are afraid of God. It's hard to walk around somebody or say, talk around somebody when you feel like you have to walk around eggshells so you don't make them angry or you don't hurt their feelings because they're always emotional, whatever, you know, too much. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you you can't freely be yourself. You know what I'm saying? People think God is this way, and it couldn't be further from the truth. He was judged because of the people that he was around. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the people that were the most comfortable around him were what were considered to not be as pious and righteous. 
You know what I mean? And it's just like, hey, this is the nature. This is the embodiment of Yahweh demonstrating for us something like, hey, we've got him wrong. And it's from that poison. We're not called to walk in it, man. We're not called to have it. Separation is a lie. It's not real. Never was. Colossians 121, like, we once were separated, but it was by, in our minds, by wicked works. Separated and enemies. Neither one of those things wrong. Neither one of those things real. God is with us. He is for us. There's nothing that disqualifies you. That's truth. That's real, man. Don't let somebody gaslight you and hold something over you that's not true. Connect to the Lord. Know Him. Know His voice. The veil being torn, the veil, even in Hebrews 10, it says it was His actual flesh. It's like this flesh, this, this portal that was opened up that released heaven to spew into earth, which is why all the dead people were raised, hundreds of dead people were raised, Matthew 27, 51, and showed themselves in, in Jerusalem after His resurrection. You know what I'm saying? It was a sign that like, yo, heaven's back, man. Heaven was shut from the earth. We think, well, Adam was shut from Eden. It's like, yeah, Adam's decision shut heaven from earth. And he gave the keys over to the enemy. Jesus come, took the keys of death and hell, apprehend, you know, completely cut the enemy out of the equation and gives us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And now on this rock of this revelation and this connection that we have to him, he builds something that is a destructive force towards the gates of hell. I'm not taking nothing out of context, you know what I mean? I feel, I know I feel a little, a little hot today. I don't I hope that's not too, too whatever, man. Just, you know, um, but I'm angry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> it's righteous anger, brother. Can I be, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's us. You know what I mean? We don't need to call 911. We are 911. Come on. It's true. I'm not saying if a burglar comes you out, don't call number one. You know what I'm saying? This is Texas. You probably won't. You probably bang, 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 one, one. That's probably what you do. But um, <laughs> pop, pop, one, one. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not saying if you don't, if you, if you need to call the police, that's a bad thing. But, you know, the, you know, so what I, but what I am saying is this. It's like we're, we them. We're them. All of creation is groaning. Long for the sons of God to be revealed. It's us. And it's nothing we do, it's something we accept. And our deli- when our delight is in the fear of the Lord, it's, it's like this, it's the forefront mentality of our minds that He is with me everywhere. The reason people move into coping situations is because they feel alone. And they have no other way to deal. And so they reach for what they can have for help. But it's like He's there. He's absolutely everything. He's the desire of all nations and every single person. He's the answer to every single thing. In everyone. And all it is is actually to know him and connect to him. Listen to him. Know his voice. And walk with him. It's that simple. Um, So Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that the reality of... I ask that the reality of the fear of the Lord set upon all of us. The reality of this walk of the Spirit. Where we're not... We're no longer sin conscious looking what to do or not to do, but we're actually looking to follow you. Led into all truth and manifest you throughout the whole world. I ask that even our house would shake and rattle our whole city. That the kingdom of heaven would manifest through us, through all of us, the least of us, which there is none. 
that we would take the understanding of this gospel, this news that it sounds too good to be true, but it is not, and we would walk it out. That every thought would be taken captive that is contrary to the full and total acceptance and confidence that we're called to walk in. 